Amen. Amen. Um, if you weren't here last week, let me kind of tell you what we're doing. Uh, in the month of August, we're looking at uh, a program that our church has entered into, that our association is doing, called Activate. And it's just churches uh, evaluating where we are and kind of figuring out where we need to be. It's, it's moving from our present reality, uh, moving towards our preferred future. And so it's just us looking at, at things that we need to do to just make ourselves more faithful uh, to the Great Commission that we've been given as the church. And uh, so... Um, several months ago, we did a survey. I had, had many of you do a survey called Transformational Church. Uh, and that survey revealed uh, some things, and, and that's what we're taking uh, this month to kind of introduce some of the weaknesses that we're going to be looking at uh, through the coming year or two uh, just to try to address in our church. And, and what we're looking at first, and what we started looking at last week, uh, is prayer. Because the survey revealed some awesome things. The survey revealed that, that we are a church on mission. Uh, that when it comes to our community, that we, would, we all feel like our community uh, would say, hey, Wyatt Baptist Church is involved here in El Dorado. And they love this community, and they're doing good things in this community. But not only that, it revealed that we feel like, uh, that, that we feel like a strength of our church is that we're on mission. Uh, that we are involved in, in trying to share the true gospel to the, to the city of El Dorado. But one of the weaknesses it revealed was that of prayerful dependence, that we are a church that likes to go out and do stuff, which is awesome, but we're also a church that is kind of weak in preparing our hearts and preparing the way with prayer and kind of connecting ourselves to God in prayer. And last week we looked at the great privilege that we all have as Christians in prayer. And this week we want to look at how do we pray? How do we pray? Now, we could get I could get real clever here. I mean, there there are tons of verses in the scriptures that talk about prayer or the Psalms is full of prayer, but it's hard to do better than when Jesus says, "When you pray, pray like this like it doesn't get any clearer than that right when you pray pray like this and we want to look at the model prayer contained in Matthew chapter 6 many many people call it the Lord's prayer and that's fine um, but I really think of when I think of the Lord's prayer I think of John 17 I just feel like the Lord's prayer is that prayer by which he is going he is pouring out uh, his his prayers to the Father about his ministry on earth. And what we really have here, I think, should be considered the model prayer. It's just Jesus saying, this is how we should pray. This is how we should pray. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty praises as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard 
for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Now before we, we're going to spend uh, almost all of our time on the actual prayer itself, but, but Jesus gives us a couple of teachings here uh, as, as He's leading up into how to pray. He's going to give us a couple of, of bits of instruction. The first thing is, don't pray to be seen by men. Don't pray to be seen by men. That's what the Pharisees do. They're just out there, and their only desire in prayer is that other people will look on them and say, well, man, that, that's a great guy. And that should not be why we pray. We pray to communicate with our God. Now, does that mean that it's wrong for anyone to ever see you praying? No, we see in the Scriptures it's full of great godly men and, and women that are seen praying. That's not the point. It's the point, the point is don't be someone that's simply praying so that you will be seen by others. That's not good. That's not the way prayer, that's not why prayer exists so that you can get a pat on the back. In verse 7, it tells us when you pray, be careful of flowering it up and making it where it's not even genuine. Hey, listen to me. God God hears things other than King's ja King James English. Like, you know, many times when we pray, we go into real formal words. But, but man, what, what this text is saying is that, man, just come to God with, with how you speak. With, not with a bunch of words that, that you think, hey, if I flower this up, he'll listen to me. Because he already knows what you need before you even ask. He, you're coming to him as someone in relationship with him. We find usually the, uh, the pattern in Scripture with Jesus was when he prayed in private, he tended to pray, pray longer, a little longer. When he prayed in public, he tended uh, to, to have shorter prayers. I think that's a great practice for us um, as well, is that, uh, is that let's, uh, let's tell God what, what we want to tell him and, and not worry about flowering it up thinking he'll listen to us because we are his children, as we'll see when he begins to pray here. So verse 9, the prayer itself. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts and we also, as we also forgiven, have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he, then he closes with a couple more thoughts. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Let's pray one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I don't think there's a Christian in here who would say their prayer life is all that it needs to be. I just don't think anyone would say that. And so, God, we come to you this morning just asking you to reveal in our hearts where we can grow in our prayer life and, and, and as we individually grow uh, in our prayer life, that we as a church would grow as people who pray to you daily. And God, just be with us now as we look at this prayer. God, help us to... Take, take the great model prayer and look at it in, in, in light of our own prayers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
the first thing we want to notice is that in just the first few words, there's so much here, is that, is that we pray from a relationship. Prayer is petitions to our Father, our Father. There is so much in those words of the privilege of being able to say our Father. It starts with a relationship with God. Prayer is for Christians. Prayer is for the children of God. Now, everyone is created by God, but only those who know Christ, who have turned to Christ, become adopted as His children. And that is, that is who the privilege of prayer is for. And so we need, to, we need to realize that when we come to prayer, we need to come as someone who's coming in relationship. But one sociolog- sociologist, Christian uh, Smith, has studied teenagers and young adults uh, in our time just to see how do these teenagers and uh, young adults, how do they interact with their God? And here's what he found. He said they really relate to God as a moralistic therapeutic deism he explains this in this way god is treated as something like a cosmic therapist or a counselor a ready and competent helper who responds in times of trouble but who does not particularly ask for devotion or obedience like i would if we would examine many times why do we come to god we come to God because we need something, because there's something that comes into our life and, uh, and, and we begin to get nervous about it. And so we, we do the only thing that we know how to do, and that's pray. We need something. Or second, we just know that, it, hey man, it's what I need to do as a Christian. Like, I, I can't call myself a Christian if I, don't, if I don't throw up some prayers to God often. Or we do so just because it feels good. It just feels good to talk to someone. And some of those absolutely is part of prayer. Needing something, yeah, we, we should go to prayer. But prayer is more than just requesting good feelings. It is about talking to our Father. And an amazing price was, pray, was paid so that we could go to God in prayer and speak to Him and say, Our Father. I mean, Galatians 4, 4-7 through 7 tells us how, what has happened to make it possible for us to go and say, Our Father. It says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. What a privilege, amen, to be able to go to Holy God and say, Our Father. Listen to me, we we should not have that privilege. That privilege shouldn't be ours. Because we, every one of us, is a sinner. And do you know what effect that sin should have on our lives? It should be that we could never, ever speak to God 
much less call Him our Father. Look no, more, no further than Jesus Christ on the cross. What does He scream in that moment where, where the Father has to turn away? Why? Because of Jesus' sin? No, because of our own sin resting upon Christ. And the Father turns away. And what does the Son say? Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Folks, do you ever think about the fact that there's no answer given? That the Father actually turned away and did not listen to the cries of His Son, did not answer the cries of His Son. The only time that's ever happened. Why? Because our sin was, was on Him. And He did all that, you know why? So that we could have the privilege of saying as a sinner, our Father, and having the Father never turn His back on us. He didn't answer His own Son so that He could always answer us as His adopted sons. So when we go to God in prayer, it's not routine. It's something that has been purchased at an amazing price for us to just be able to speak those simple beginning words. Our Father. This is why we pray in Jesus' name, because in our own name, we deserve no answered prayers. We do not deserve to call God our Father, but in Christ, we have been given all of that. But it's not just our Father, it's our Father in heaven. And this reveals some great truths as well. First, it's not a relationship of equals. We already come to God in prayer with confidence because of grace, but with respect because of His holiness. He is, he is not earthly. He is our Father who is in heaven, set apart, apart from us, apart from the corruption that exists on this earth. He is in heaven, and so we come before Him in humility, in, yes, relationship as daddy-father, but in a relationship of knowing how holy and mighty and, and wrathful He is against sin. We, we come to Him in, in, a, in a relationship of absolute love as our Father, but also fear as our Creator God, who is who He is in His holiness. And second, when He says our Father in heaven, it, it teaches us about kind of sets it apart from our earthly father okay some of you would say man my earthly father is terrible just a mean man that there was no godliness in him whatsoever there was no grace in him whatsoever he wasn't even there for me so when you talk about god as a father I just don't get that. You know, I'm sitting, or you're sitting there and you're, you're trying to raise 
your, your sons and your daughters and you, you, you look at your f- earthly father's influence, you say, man, I don't know how to do this. The great b- beauty is, is that we pray to the, our, our father in heaven, not our earthly father. And so no matter if you had a bad father, that's not who you're praying for. You're praying for a perfect father who is full of grace and love for you. Maybe you had a great father. A great example so that when you go to God, you kind of have an idea of what it's like to, to have a father that's, that's loving when he needs to be and also truthful and, and firm when he needs to be. Just kind of was a great man. Let me tell you something. As great as he was, he doesn't compare to being able to say, my Father in heaven. Is this not what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 11 when he says, If you then who are evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So no matter where your point of reference is for earthly fathership, heavenly fathership is high above anything you can possibly imagine when you are privileged to be able to say my father who is in heaven and that's where prayer starts it comes out of a relationship based on the gospel that that of all that christ did to make it possible for us to be the adopted sons of god And next we move into some petitions of, of what we'll call allegiance. We're going to notice that the first half of the, of the, of the prayer is about God. It's about praying that, that things on earth would happen the way God desires them and, and just acknowledging the greatness of God. The second half of the prayer is about our needs. Um, and both of them need to be a part of our prayer. First, The first petition is that God's name will be holy. It says, Hallowed be your name we are first and foremost before all else to sanctify or to regard god as holy you know old testament believers for all the stuff that they got wrong you know sometimes we're hard on the old testament folks i think one thing that they they always got right is they absolutely reverenced the name of god so much so that they actually would not write the name of God. They would write the name. Because they reverenced it so much that they were scared in their sinfulness, sinfulness to, to write the name of God. God's name is, is all of who He is. It's, it's who He is. It's His holiness. It's His it's his character, it's his unchangeableness, it's all of his attributes, his omnipotence, his, his, uh, his omnipresence, everything that he is. That's his name. And when we come to, to God in acknowledgement of all that he is, prayer starts with who God is. We come with humility, with humility just just realizing that we are sinful and have been given the privilege of praying to God because of grace. And we come with confidence 
with this great confidence in His name that it never changes, that nothing in God's character ever changes. And so any promise that He has made in the Scriptures, we go and we pray to Him knowing that He's a God that didn't change while we were sleeping last night. What a great thought. We come with knowledge of who He is. Right? We, we come hallowing His name as all that He is. We don't come to Him saying this is how He is with our little creation of who we think we're praying to. No, we come and we bow the knee to the name of God. He is holy. He is set apart. He is not like us. He is not our creation. We come before Him in prayer always acknowledging that He is going to do what is right for His character. And it's a desire that that name would be known throughout the world. But not just known, reverenced throughout the world. That it's a prayer that, man, that more and more people would bow the knee and acknowledge the hallowedness of God's name. And that really brings us well into the second petition, which is a petition for God's gospel. Your kingdom come. And sometimes when we talk about God's kingdom, it's sometimes hard to understand because there's different aspects of God's kingdom and how it comes to earth. We know that when Jesus walked the earth, He spoke often of the kingdom of God is here. It's come. And so in some ways, the kingdom of God has come to the earth uh, when, he, when, when Christ came to the earth. But in another way, so what, what happened as Jesus left the earth, where did the authority of His kingdom go? In the church. And so, the kingdom of God is here. It's on this earth, reigning in the hearts of the people, individuals that make up the church, the body of Christ. And then we also know that one day His kingdom is fully going to come and just cover every inch, square inch of the earth, and He's going to establish his kingdom forever and at that moment all sin will be done away with and all goodness and obedience will reign forever so to say your kingdom come it's a missionary prayer it's a prayer that a church that the church of god would grow that the churches of god in el dorado that are faithfully preaching the gospel that they would grow. And what we mean by that is that people would be converted under their preaching of the gospel. It's praying that faithful churches all over the United States would grow and that, that their membership would grow as people are converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we pray God's kingdom come, we pray that the church in China and Nicaragua and Ukraine and the thousands of countries that, that our church doesn't go to, that the church there would grow. Even if we don't send mission teams there, we can send our prayers. Because when we pray, it's not just about a desire to know God, it's about to making Him known so that all of our prayers should have a missionary zeal to it. I feel like missionary zeal is often lacking from some 
of our prayer times. Think about sometimes how we pray in times of war. Often we just simply pray, God, keep our boys safe. I keep, keep, um, keep our American soldiers safe. And that's a good prayer. That's a great prayer. But you know that prayer should also be, what prayer should also be contained in that? Is that God, there are enemies that we are fighting over there and they are held captive by false religion. And they don't know Jesus. And God, I pray that you would Save them with the grace that you've saved us with. God, that's the greatest route to peace we will ever know is when those countries wrapped up in a false God would turn to Jesus Christ. God, release them, save them with your grace. Do you see? It's not that it's wrong. It's not wrong at all to pray for our boys. No, that's not wrong. We're told to pray for our enemies. And the greatest need of our enemies is not a missile. I mean, sure, that there's nothing wrong if, if that's how God brings judgment to the rebellious sinner. But their greatest need is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let's pray that that be done. And then we can pray that the sword would uh would not be born in vain that, that that god would do as he pleases there as well you know many many times we we offer prayer requests and and all of it is just simply list of people that are sick is there anything wrong with that absolutely not the scriptures are clear, man, pray when you're sick or pray when someone you love is sick. But how often do those times do we throw out other names out there such as names like Iran or Uzbekistan or Singapore or Azerbaijan, I probably butchered that name, but how often do we say in the midst of all of our prayers for the sick that we throw out names of countries? that need to hear the gospel. That, man, this has been on my heart. I've been, I've been reading about this country. I've been reading that there's not many missionaries there, and, and let's pray that, that missionaries will go there. But what about names of people that you can be praying for that God's kingdom would come to them? And go to Mark Harmon and say, Mark, an international student ministry, do you have some students that, man, they're really listening right now to the gospel? They're not, they're not quite there yet that I could just be praying that they would, that the kingdom of God would come to them. Or to go to Mike Brown. Mike, man, I know you're out and about in the Spanish-speaking community. You got anybody that, that you're discipling or talking to that, man, they're, they're almost there that I can pray for? Or just look around in your own life at the co-workers or the family members that you have and just think about who definitely needs the gospel and, and to throw those names 
out there in small group prayer times or in your personal prayer time, keep a list of people that you're praying for that the kingdom of God would come to them. And also in this, your kingdom come is, is also this desire of the second coming of Christ that, that your heart, uh, that your heart would, would just simply desire that, man, God, I'm ready for you to return. I long for you for your kingdom to fully be here. For you to wipe away all the rebellion in the world, all the wars, all the sin, all the death, to, to just remove all that and establish your kingdom. When we pray our kingdom come, we, we pray that. And thirdly, the last petition when it comes to God is that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We, we pray uh, for, for us to operate on earth like they operate in heaven. Now, you know, heaven's, there's a mystery to heaven, right? We, we sometimes, man, we really fail to, to know exactly what heaven is like. One thing the Bible makes clear, and that is, is that the angels and everything that's going on in heaven revolves around perfect obedience to God. And so what we pray is pray, praying that God's will would be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. It's just to pray that, that everything around us would operate according to, to God's revealed will in Scriptures. And so, and this is where we can pray. We can pray for our country. You know, we can pray, that, pray for the government, that our government will make decisions that are that are according to the revealed will of God, that you can pray for your company that you work for. God, help us to take care of our clients and, and help us to be an honest company that operates according to, to your will and, and what you want us to be. And man, there's just so much uh, there that we can pray for. That's kind of, man, we're, we're God's representative for where we are, right? The company we work for or the, the home in which we live in or the church in which we are uh, involved in or the neighborhood in which we live in we're like god's connection in there to just pray in all those areas that god's will would be done so from here the, the prayer turns uh to from just praying things that revolve and and, and and is about our allegiance to god and it turns into petitions of dependence of how we pray for our own needs as individuals First, we have a petition for daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, we know that that's daily needs, right? When we talk about the person who brings home the biggest paycheck in the family, who are they? They are the breadwinner. That's, uh, that's just us saying, and they, get, they, they bring home the bread so that we can all have what we need. And so this is a prayer, not just simply for a loaf of bread. It is a, a prayer that we will have everything that we need to live our lives day by day. And notice it's, it's not a prayer for riches. It's not give me a new car, give me a bigger house. It's just simple, a simple prayer of give me what I need to survive today. Give me my needs, God. And we see that it's for daily bread. And think about the bread, the, the manna in Exodus. What happened there? 
there was a very specific instruction given of, hey, when the bread comes down, gather what you need for that day and no more. If you, if you try to hoard it, everything that you hoard that you don't eat that day is going to be rotten and nasty and you're not going to be able to touch it. Why? It's because the same reason that God wants us to pray for our daily bread. And that is, is that He wants us to interact and be dependent on Him every day that we live our lives. Not just a prayer on, on the first of the month. To, hey, cover me, God. Cover me this month. No, He wants us to be interacting with Him every single day. Folks, it doesn't get... I mean, there's so such minutia and toast. I mean, it doesn't get any simple than that of just Jesus wants to meet with you over your toast. Your daily toast. From toast to cancer. From toast to the firstborn of your, of your family. Of, of being there. From toast to the biggest moments of your life and everything in between god wants a relationship with you over that he wants it daily i dare say the biggest problem that exists in this room among us when it comes to prayer is consistency let me be honest when you have a bad day, man, you go to prayer. But you really struggle to, man, do it every day. But that's what God wants us to do. He wants us asking every day for His help. He wants us to come to Him in dependence every day. God, I need, I need what I need today. I need you to give it to me. And God knows that it's best for us to live day by day. Jesus He'll actually close out the chapter later in Matthew 6 with verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay? So God knows it's just best for us not to be worried about a month down the road. Give me my bread for next month. No, he says, every day, just go to me and ask for my help every day. Just worry about what you got going today. That's how His grace comes to us. Every day, He gives us, He's got grace to give us, but He's not giving us all the grace for the next year of our life because then we would, man, we'd leave Him and come back next year. He wants us there every day. A petition, we see a petition for forgiveness. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. First, we need forgiveness from God. We come to God to confess our sins to Him, to ask His forgiveness of those sins. And here's the beauty of it all. It's as plain as day. In that moment when we pray and ask and tell God, confess to Him, hey, I've messed up. It's as plain as day as the cross there that is the means by which He forgives you. So man, go to Him, confess what you've done, and then with confidence say, thank you for the cross that allows you to forgive me of these sins. 
but not just God is not just concerned with giving us forgiveness. He's also concerned about our forgiveness to others. We are not only to be concerned about receiving forgiveness from God, but we also ought to be able to pray from a place of forgiveness towards others. Anyone who thinks that you can have a connection with God in prayer and be a, a, a unmerciful, unforgiving person, you're kidding yourself. Because the Scriptures are clear. In 1 Peter 3, 7, it says... Uh, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs of you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. He says, if you don't treat your wife right, I'm not going to listen to you. We see in worship in Matthew 5, 24, it says, if you come to the altar to make a sacrifice, and then there you realize, hey, I think someone has something against me. A brother or sister has something against me. He says, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. I mean, how important must it be to God our relationship with others be to God when the God, the creator of the universe, whom you're about to worship, says, I'll wait. You go deal, you go deal, with, deal with this person that you've wronged. Go deal with them. I'll be here waiting on your worship. I mean, how majorly important must it be for the God of the universe to say, I'll wait. Come back. When you receive or give forgiveness to that other person. And it's so important that we see Jesus offers an epilogue after the prayer. He says, he, he doesn't go back to any other part of the prayer. He goes back to this particular part and says, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It was so important a, such an important part of this prayer that after he prays it, Jesus points back to it and says, that's what I'm saying there. So in summary, our Father cares deeply, deeply about whether or not we forgive and love others around us. And our prayer lives will be hindered if we, if we are not loving to our fellow man. And lastly, a petition for obedience. And let us not... This isn't us telling God what He needs to do. This isn't us telling, hey God, you, you send me this way, not that way. Because I mean, we know that, that Jesus was put in a place of temptation, right? That He was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. What this verse is saying is that we're asking that God would help us to be obedient and take the obedient path. We know 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. This, is, this prayer is us asking God to always show us that. God, help me to always clearly see the path 
as I come near temptation, the path that you've given me to lead me away from that temptation. Just a prayer of... it's, It's a prayer that goes beyond just the asking for forgiveness of my sins, God. I want to decrease my sins. God, I want to fight through my prayer life to ask you to help me to be obedient to you. So just a couple of things I want to, I want to close with. Um, just for us as a church, one, one, set, one, one challenge outside of the church and one challenge inside the church. And the outside, the, the church challenge is this. Right now, in a few moments, when we have a time of prayer or sometime today, think about when is the best time for you to just say a prayer to God every day, just to make sure, hey, right now we're not, gonna, we're not worried about length, we're not worried about anything other than trying to hit these main areas briefly every single day, daily. Ask yourself, when's the best time? Is it on my way to work? Is it before I wake the kids up for the day? What is the best time for me to pray to God? Now you may, uh, you may not be able to run through this outline. I know you can't run through the outline I just did. So I want to simplify it for you with one of the most popular ways of remembering how to pray and, and, and make sure these things are contained in your prayer. And that is uh, the acronym ACTS. ACTS. Is it? There it is. Acts is this, is the way to, to style your prayers. First, adoration. You do what, what this prayer starts with. It's just speaking to God of how great He is, um, just how amazing He is, how, how, how much of a privilege it is to be able to pray to Him, telling Him of the, the, the character in Him that you love and adore. Um, confession is next where you just acknowledge where you've been failing God or where you failed God yesterday or today and, and, and just, uh, just confessing and then acknowledging, man, I, I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for the cross that allows me to be forgiven of these things. Now, Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving um, it's actually kind of interesting. It's not in the model prayer, um, which is interesting. I couldn't really find out why. But we know that throughout the scriptures, there's full it's, uh, prayers are full of thanksgiving. So we know that that's supposed to regularly be a part of prayer. But just spending some time thanking Him for what He's done, of what He's been doing for you in your life. And then supplication is, man, just letting your needs be known. Man, pray, uh, pray, for, uh, pray missionary prayers for people you've been thinking about that the kingdom of God needs to come to. Pray for, uh, for relatives and loved ones that you know are sick and struggling with sickness or or any type of suffering, just supplication to, to fill, uh, fill your time with these things. And if you, if you hit those four things, you've hit everything in the model prayer plus Thanksgiving. And uh, it's, not, it's not hard. You can say a very short prayer and hit all of that. And I would encourage you, and just try for, through the rest of August, just try not to miss a day of, of praying the model prayer. And the second challenge is, deals with inside the church. I would encourage you, let's start making it a policy. 
personal policy that if someone asks for a prayer request, let's just pray. Because you know you're probably going to forget it anyway. Be honest. There are many times probably that you forget, forget to write it down. It's not that you, I mean, it's not that you mean forget, but you just forget. But if, if someone says, hey, I need you to pray for this, it's okay to pray in the halls of Wyatt Baptist Church. Don't do it to be seen by others. Do it because you want to pray for this person because you love them. And man, if that's not your thing, man, if you just are very scared about others looking at you, man, just pull them off to a side room and, and find a place just to say a quick prayer for their need. Just don't be afraid to, to take little moments of, of prayer to go to God in desperation when other brothers and sisters make that known to you. Um, we're going to have a kind of a different time of invitation. We're going to have a, a video in a moment that's going to kind of show us how to, uh, an example of kind of praying uh, this as a model prayer and how, uh, how we can kind of fill that time and that, that structure of prayer with the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and after that's done, we're going to have a time of, of not singing, but just time of music uh, for us just to, to pray to God, just to spend some time in prayer. You can, uh, man, be great if you come down front and we can pray. Um, you can uh, stay there in your seat and sit down and, uh, or kneel down at your seat and pray. Man, whatever you want to do to just get with God for a few moments and ask God to help pray that God would help you to pray. Just ask God, uh, just, just go to Him and pray for these things and then just ask God to help you to pray for those things every day. Um, when the video's over, I'm actually going to ask uh, our small group leaders, I think there's just a few in here uh, because of various reasons, but uh, if you would stand out here with me, uh, we may uh, need just some extra people uh, for people to pray with. I'll be here if you need to know about becoming a, a Christian, uh, I would love to talk to you uh, about that. But uh, I'm going to uh, let you watch this video and just take this in. This is a great example uh, of how to pray uh, the Lord's Prayer. Father, who art in heaven, you are majestic and merciful. You are far above us and ready to come to us. You have plans for the whole earth, even for the universe. And yet you care for us, even in the smallest details. You are king and our Father. Hallowed be your name. Make your great and holy name to be honored and treasured above all things, especially deep in our own hearts and everywhere in the world. Your kingdom come Cause your sovereign authority and wisdom to hold 
way at all times in every place on earth and in the deepest parts of our own souls. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Grant that your all wise, all good, all just, all holy will would be done throughout the world the way the angels do it perfectly and joyfully in heaven and make it a reality in each of us. Give us this day our daily bread. We are not asking for riches, but for enough to live. We want to be healthy and to have a mind and body that work. Sustain us that we might accomplish what you call us to do. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. We are sinners and need to be forgiven every day. We know we don't deserve it. We ask for mercy. Forgive us. Draw us into the freedom of your love. The love you gave when your son died in our place. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We don't want to go on sinning. Keep us back from the entanglement of overpowering temptation. Guard us from Satan, from all his works and all his ways. Grant us to walk in holiness before you all our days. We pray this in the name of the one who taught us to pray, in Jesus' name, amen.